So what's interesting, um, uh, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali is a beautiful, beautiful text. Uh, and, and it's both simple and complicated. And, and he kind of, he kind of um, prepares the reader by starting simple and getting more complex as it goes. Uh, but, but I think that's an interesting thing, Arthur, for you. You're on, what I meant was, and, and you know what I meant, but for everyone else, you're, you're like this sponge absorbing all these things you've passed, like what, five to eight years you've been on this journey, not just on the road, but for your mind. And it's kind of breaking past the intellectual barriers and it's going into the, you know, it's trying to bring you into the mystical somehow. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's really kind of interesting for um, for the past, I'd say about five years, six years, you know, I've, I've been going on uh, what I like to call my journey of recreation, you know, and uh, it, it was very science-based at first, extremely science-based, very data analytical, and, you know, uh, that grew into philosophy that still was, you know, but very science-based philosophy uh, with, you know, where, where we could have experiments and we could test these hypotheses or hypotheses and, you know, all this stuff and um, also with history and the philosophy of history. And then in the last year, you know, it's, it's really been opening up into this, this spirituality uh, and, you know, the, the energies that we create within and put out and how everything is interconnected and, um, yeah, it's, it's trying to break through, you know, uh, if you had talked to me a year ago, I would have said faith was uh, BS, you know, and now I go, well, faith is a, a integral part of us understanding ourselves, whatever that faith is, but now I'm open to it. So yeah, I'm, wow. I, I'm growing with Oh, yeah, that, that's, so. that's big. Okay. Um, Arthur, were we supposed to come to the country peacefully? I I mean, I don't think peace was a thing really at that time. You know, we, 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 we look at peace now, uh, post-World War II, you know, there was, it was almost like there was an awakening after World War II, you know, worldwide, that, that uh, we, we don't need to be violent with each other and people started pushing for that. But before that, it wasn't even a question uh, of is there, I mean, violence was a daily thing peace was not around anyone you i mean i mean uh if you just think about how people lived in a daily basis just out in the wilderness having you know nature is not peaceful you know there's always chaos being created and we were a part of that chaos um so yeah i don't i don't think peace had anything to do uh, with, with with us coming to this country i think it was just people uh trying to figure out their place and if uh, and and peace did you know peace didn't matter because it was all about survival. Wow, that's absolutely fascinating and profound. At the same time, um, huh. and I'm glad you said that. Uh, I need to write that down because that's just something I've never ever thought about before in my life. Wow. <laughs> well, don't, don't, don't blow my ego up, Rod. <laughs>
Well, that's why I love doing this show. It's like you get to talk to people who are learning all these different things. And then the consequences, I'm now exposed to every, all the hard work you've put into gaining that insight. And I didn't have to read anything that you read. And I just saved a bunch of time. <laughs> you did. You did. And, so, the, and, and that's what life is about is saving time, right? Yeah. Wow, true. You know, something that, that we talk about a lot is the things that we go through in life, it's it's uh it's it's all a magical part of finding out, you know, what that answer is and what the journey is about. And and I think and I think a lot of philosophers before me have thought, you know, all of that stuff is the path. And the path is all of that stuff. And the, the sooner that you, the sooner that we are become aware that that's the journey, that, that that's the answer, that the journey is the answer, it's like realization. And we can finally um, detach and become aware of our own life and our own knowledge. And, and, and that's how we start to develop wisdom. Because before wisdom, we're just acquiring knowledge. Once, once knowledge can be, can be mixed with um, awareness and observation, then wisdom is like this, this uh, answer out of this equation. Wisdom is now possible because we, had the, we have now have the opportunity to, to step back from acquiring knowledge and not knowledge acquired and this, the events going on in life and we can say, well, I've learned this and I can apply that to this part of life. And, and it's, you can't do that if you're wrapped up in knowledge, nor can you do that if you're wrapped up in life. You have to step back from the two and then you have wisdom. And then you become a wise person and then people start asking you for advice. Well, you know, I think that uh, that statement in general, uh, it, it reminds me about what I've been learning through detachment and meditation, you know, exactly being able, being able to detach from these things, even what we've learned. And then once you're able to detach, then the wisdom starts being created, you know, uh, because when you're still so not, if you're not detached, you're still so involved and, and it's still personal. It's still, you know, a part of you, you don't want, you don't want to be able to, uh, uh, really reflect and put it, put it inside. And it's that detachment that grows into the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Brokos, so you, I didn't, I don't quite remember what you were saying. You, you have maps of meaning, but. Yeah, so I've been reading it slowly, but currently I'm focusing on learning, uh, two different languages for programming. One will be for making a Discord bot, and the other one is to prepare for next year, uh, next year at university. An answer me this, how much of uh, university um, energy is going into teaching uh, React.js? We haven't learned that. Oh. It's different, different universities do different things. As an example, do you, do you know many of the programming languages by name? Yeah. So, okay. So let's say in Manchester, 
they switched over from uh, teaching Java to Python as the object-oriented language. Wow. In my university. I thought would make um, it. I yeah, didn't think um, Python made it past Reddit. <laughs> um, it's becoming a lot more widely used. Uh, but for my university, they're still focusing on Java. Um, but yeah, we haven't learned React.js. Um, I don't even know much about it. It's the, it's the language used to develop Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I believe Facebook created it. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Someone can fact check that. I, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm 99% sure, but maybe 98%. I can do that real quick now. React.js, okay. I tried to learn how to code once. I'm really impressed with anyone that can do it. I was able, I was able to do like a poker game. I got that far in my like daily, you know, daily coding stuff where I could make a Interesting. poker game. Interesting, what language did you do? Uh, I think it was Java. Okay, it was like 10 years ago. I tried, I wanted to make my own audio plugins. The, the, the goal was like, I don't want to buy any of this stuff from these other people. I'm going to make my own compressors. I'm going to make my own, you know, EQs and stuff. And then I got like a month into it, you know, when I was interning at a studio. And then I just stopped. I was like, <laughs> you were like, oh, it's other people do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, I understand why people buy, you know, the stuff now. Yeah. So I'm impressed with anyone that does any type of coding. It's just. It, it is impressive. Uh, I've worked with some people in um, Russia, uh, specifically Belarus. That might be outside of Russia. Belarus. Yeah. It's a separate country, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Basically, there was a master of JavaScript there, and I, the monks hired him for a project. I mean, the guy could... Uh, create anything you wanted to happen on a screen. It, it was it was phenomenal work he did for us. Um, unfortunately, that project ended up fizzling out, but that's how it goes. Uh, but one of the monks actually, uh, he's still there. His name's, well, I won't, I won't say his name, but um, you know, cause he doesn't want the attention. Um, but he, he like was interested in apps and making an app. And then all of a sudden, you know, as energy goes and, and focus goes, he just started to make an app and learn uh, JavaScript and, and, and could and, and, and develop a phenomenal app. In fact, if anyone wants to use the monastery's teachings um, in, in a simple day-to-day -day, like uh, workout type app, he made an app called Spiritual Workout and it's absolutely phenomenal. It, 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 it's just, it looks good. It, it, it's uh, facile and quick and, and you can just have this little spirit, mini spiritual workout, you know, whether it's meditation, timed chanting or scripture learning. And, you know, that, that was, the, that taught me the, the power of focus. And, and, um, but what he had, had ended up telling me about code was that, you know, a lot of it comes down to two things, Google and copy and paste. And, and you can, you can learn just the, the concepts, the principle behind kind of the language concepts and where things need to go. And then you just plug, plug in um, the code that someone else wrote or the package that someone else wrote and you end up with an app. Now he was being humble. It's a little bit more than that, but you get the idea. 
Well, I think on its most basic point, you know, like Wikipedia, that's how people go and edit a lot of the Wikipedia pages and stuff is they'll just go and uh, copy paste, you know, because you can go in and you can look at the code. And so they'll find one page that says something, you know, the text might not be the exact same, but they'll, you know, I, I used to have to do this when I was uh, assisting producers and stuff. I would have to go and edit their Wikipedia pages. By the way, don't trust anything on Wikipedia. I was just going to say, don't get me started on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't. Don't, don't trust any of it because I was that guy that went in and would write things to like make people sound better than they actually were. But, you know, so, you you know, I would just you just go you copy paste one one day and then you fill in what you want there. And then, you know, it's it, it, so. So, yeah, there there is a lot of uh, of that. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia is not even um, you can't even use that for any academic uh, source. Do you remember when it first came out, how, how like schools and stuff would be like, no Wikipedia, you cannot do it at all. That's off limits. And now everyone's like, oh, she says it on Wikipedia. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's scary um, a little bit. You know, it's, it's funny to think that, um, you know, I don't know, the way, the, when you, as, like, like, the more you get, the more older you get, or the older you get, um, you start to care about things you you know you would have never cared about when you were younger. And uh, as an old man, I, I think I can actually say that um, you know sometimes I have my doubts in the the United States. I'm not I'm not quite sure how to express that, but. Um, I, I love this country. I love what it stands for, but you know, is it, is it unpatriotic of me to have these doubts where it's like, man, we're so young. We're still experimenting with all this stuff that these older countries have already gone through. Is it safer to, to raise a family in a, in an older country where it's more stable? Uh, I don't know. Arthur, have you ever, I mean, Rokas is a young man, so he's, he doesn't, all he cares about is, is, uh, is, is money and drugs and rock and roll. And, <laughs> and a little bit of podcast, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I think it's interesting that you say that because, um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the short lifespan of a human in comparison to the lifespans of these countries causes a lot of things that have already been learned to be easily forgotten, you know? And, and, and so because I think right now, especially with America, since there isn't anyone really alive that has experienced a lot of the things that have been learned in the past, it's almost like we're doomed to learn it again. And, uh, you, you, you know, I'm not sure if, I think, I think a lot of the other countries go through a similar type of thing, which is why it's so important for all of us to be reading history and understanding history and teaching ourselves the lessons that, that have already been learned over, you know, the, the past hundreds of hundreds of years, you know, uh, I, that, that's one discovery that I kind of went through um, in, in, in the past couple of years where, where I, I doubted a lot of spirituality and I doubted a lot of, uh, you, you know, just 
philosophy and quote unquote knowns or whatever, things that people know or whatever, because I go, well, you know, the, the world has changed so much in the past hundred years. How do we know that, you know, uh, that it, it, it wouldn't apply or it would still apply or that things haven't changed or this or that. But then when you see these ancient truths that are thousands of years old that have reiterated themselves over and over and over again, you know, if we don't learn those, we lose those. And I think uh, with, with, with America right now, we're losing a lot of those truths that um, we learned. America, one of the reasons America was so great was because the, the founders, you know, they were all highly educated philosophers. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them were highly educated philosophers. You know, they went through the, all the governments of the past and, and they really learned, well, how did they fail? How did they succeed? What can we take from here to put towards this? And that's what created, you know, America as a country. And, and right now we're trying to say that learning all that stuff is bad. You know that 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 you know they didn't know what they were talking about and things are different. And I, I I so I connect that with what you just said. Josh. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, so that I have to answer my own question. I'm I'm going I'm reading right now the coddling of the American mind. Of good intentions are bad and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure. Um, basic reading for Arthur. Uh, he's gone through this book already. Amazing book. And uh, I'm also reading another book uh, called The Tao of Capital, which kind of goes into the investing world and, and uh, banking and economics. Uh, I was going for uh, Sal, but, or Sol, however you say it, but uh, ended up in, couldn't find some of his work that I wanted. It's hard, not, not necessarily easy to get some of his books in uh, paperback, I tell you. Um, you know, people, it, it seems like a lot of publishers don't want to touch him. <laughs> you know, you, you, you go for a search on some of his books and it's like out of print. It's like out of print. This guy's, what? So uh, I ended up on the Dow Capital, which is uh, Austrian economics. Uh, but all of a sudden started to talk about free markets um, and uh, being a conservative. So I was like, oh, okay, this book has caught my interest pretty fast. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and they start to go into um, classical liberalism and um, free markets. It's it's just fascinating how you, you get. I think it's just I'm still learning that I get older and I'm learning about things that I would have never cared about. And I've and I've learned about so much of the philosophy side of life. I mean, um, not that. I've, I've, I've learned everything, obviously. There's so much uh, Christian theology that I've yet to kind of break ground on. And, uh, you know, uh, but the, I, I've I had a, um, a bit of a, um, a stagnation on everything else for the, when I, while I was in the monastery. And then, um, you know, now I'm catching up with, with um, political theory and uh, economics. So it's, it's just fascinating now. And, and I think this is a good time because I'm uh, actually sort of educated, whereas before I wasn't a very educated person. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have understand this, understood this stuff anyway. And speaking of investing, Arthur, how insane is Tesla stock? It's going on for a crazy so, amount. 
man so let me tell you in in 2000 and and this this is actually kind of the beginning of my journey too in 2011 when i first started working in hollywood i saw a cult as the model s maybe it was 2012 the model s had just come out and so i would see them driving around and i remember being in this producer's car i was driving around and i go what are those t's and he's like <laughs> oh you know that's tesla they're electric cars you know whatever right and I, you know, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. You know, I need to hop in on this now. And I called up my family and I tried to get everyone to invest in everything. And everyone's <laughs> laughing at me about electric cars. And, like, oh, you know, blah, blah. and so like it took me a couple of years. But a couple of years later, I put some money in. Yeah. And now it's, it's insane. It's in uh, Raj. I don't know if you know, but uh, at the beginning of the year, it was trading around 500. And now it's up to 1500. Yeah. And uh, most yeah. of that, I most didn't that gain that. is in the and last yeah, couple just weeks. In one year, it w one year ago, it was around 200. And yeah, it was around 200, exactly one year ago. Yeah. And now it's yeah. one year later, 1,550. And you're trading stocks here. It's not like cryptocurrency or anything. And it's just right. jumped up so much. It's, I don't know. It was hard for me to see it, to believe it happening. Yeah, in just one year. Yeah. Every every day I look at it, I try not to look at it, right? But every time I look at it, you know, I mean, <laughs> Tesla's my entire Twitter feed. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm all in the Tesla community, so everyone's all talking about it all the time. And uh, it, I mean, it's just been really crazy. But kind of on the opposite end, you know, I almost feel bad because uh, there's been so many shorts. That, Raj, yeah. you know what, sh what shorts are? No. And so in the stock market, so in the stock market, there's essentially people that will bet against a stock. So they'll buy a stock at um, a, a low amount, but then they will bet that it's going to, they, they essentially borrow the stock. And so uh, at the end, they have to sell it back for whatever the current value is. So if you borrow it at 200 and then it drops to $1, you make that difference. Okay, so you're essentially betting that the company is going to lose. But if it skyrockets, then you bought it at 200 and you have to pay it back at what whatever oh, it is. Okay. Okay. So so you can either win really big or you can lose really big, right? And uh, so Tesla was the number one shorted stock for like the past three or four years, and um, in in the last two or three weeks, there's been like $30 billion worth of shorts that have lost all their money. And so I almost feel bad because, you know, just as so many people have, you know, now made so much and improved their lives with, you know, the stock investments, there's just as many people that have just, you know, imagine in a day losing $3 million that you didn't even have. You know, because you, you thought that it was gonna gonna be bad. So I almost feel bad for a lot of these people. So if it's so high, like how high can it go and, and at what point do you know it's it's time to sell and capitalize on your investment? I believe currently no. it's on the news that it will get into the S P five hundred, which is why it's going up uh, off of yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly why I think it's going up is because they think it's going to be added to the S&P 500. It's the most valuable car maker right now, you know. So, but the question is, when do you sell? You know, it's weird because usually you have a lot of financial, you know, you'll look at stocks based on what their profit margin is. 
stocks and you know how much money they're losing or how much they've invested or whatever but but tesla is essentially all on future assets right they they're working on self-driving cars they're working Giga on electric semis they're, on the they're working yeah. yeah so 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 all this stuff is theoretical in the future so each time one of these succeeds the stock is going to skyrocket but if one of them fails it's going to drop heavily right so right now you know a, a big question is do you sell now and get off these i have people asking me if they should buy into tesla right now and i'm like well i i don't know because we don't know if you know what if the self uh, what if they don't ever actually get to the self-driving with the cameras like they think they will then all this valuation that's being put in now is going to be lost or what if you know the the electric semi doesn't work out like they think it's going to you know so it's it's a really kind of interesting and hard uh, yeah. thing to gauge right now yeah, that's fascinating. I'm going to keep believing in Elon Musk. Well, oh, you know, the, the, absolutely. If, 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 my, my whole thing is, and I've been saying this about people that have doubted Elon, is like, if a guy can send rockets up into yeah. space and then land them on a dock out in the middle of the ocean to be reused again, I, th I think we should trust that he can, yeah. you know, get some stuff done he might be crazy he might be eccentric you know but uh he's, he's definitely always what successful person is not eccentric and, and right. Slightly psychotic right exactly well you, well you have to be to take these risks when everything is betting against you you know for i, I mean tesla's been around since i think 2008 they became a company but they didn't start showing a profit until uh last year so that's 11 years of no profits and everyone telling you you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And you still have to keep believing in yourself and believing in what you're doing and pushing forward. So it's, it's, it's really, you know, you, you have to be an eccentric person and you have to believe in what, you, what you're doing and you have to know that you're going to go create it yourself. You know, I might be a little bit of a musketeer. Who knows? <laughs> I'm along that path as well. I'm going oh, to I've been to I've been to the LA uh, SpaceX facility and and we were toured around. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. I I, I love the work that he's doing. How could you not? Yeah. And the vision. I mean, I remember sitting there on the floor and I was like, you know, what the hell do, are you guys trying to do anyway? And he's like, the mission from day one has been to get to Mars. And, and, and occupy Mars. And I was like, well, I thought that was just a slogan that was funny. And they were like, no, <laughs> that's the mission. That's the number well, one. Yeah. And I think that's the craziest thing. So I was talking to someone the other day is Te Tesla has been uh, talking about possibly getting into the mining industry. And the way that they're spinning it is that uh, because they, they need lithium for their batteries, they will be able to then be vertically integrated with their own lithium, you know, and they won't have to rely on a, on a supplier. And so Wall Street and investors and everything go, okay, that makes sense. I love it. Awesome. But really, when you think about it, their actual goal is to be able to mine the asteroid field outside of Mars, because there's just unlimited resources there and if they have a mining field there they can go and process it on mars and they can sell it back to america we can have unlimited resources for a lot of a, lo a lot of ores and stuff minerals and stuff like that but if you go to look for a billion dollars and say yeah i want to mine up the asteroid field you're going to get laughed out of, <laughs> yeah. you know, laughed out of the room yeah. 
you know, but, but so he goes, okay, well, we're going to do it for our car maker, you know, and they go, oh, okay, cool. I get that, <laughs> you know, so it's just really, really interesting how, how you can't even really say what the end, end goal is. You know, you look at the Cybertruck too, you know, that's, that's a vehicle that's made for Mars. You know, but you have to market it for us. Oh, an American, you know, I didn't you shoot think it. About you that. Wow. I, I yeah. never thought about that either. Yeah, I mean, every single thing that that Tesla does is you got to think about it. Um, the the Starlink, you know, the the satellite worldwide satellites that uh, you know can yeah. beam internet down. That that gets internet to Mars. Uh, boring the boring company wow. that bores tunnels underneath ground. That creates transportation systems throughout Mars. Wow. The cyber truck that, get, that gets you trucks on Mars. You you know every single thing that Tesla and SpaceX is wrapped in actually has a long term goal of, of Mars. Wow. Yeah, I did not think about think of it like that. That is insane. Wow. I love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I hope I hope we get there in our lifetime. I mean, yeah. 20, 30 years, we should be able to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll be really an old man then. But, <laughs> yeah. So what's the highest stock that's ever been sold? Ever? What do you mean by that? Yeah. In price-wise? Yeah. Is it Dow Jones? I don't, I don't know. Um, that's I'm curious. Idea. Because we're looking at fifteen hundred as an imp impressive moment. Um, it's in terms of what percent gain. What's the cap? Uh, in one year. Ah, okay. Here we go. The, the most expensive publicly traded stock of all time is Berkshire Hathaway, which is trading at three hundred and five thousand uh, dollars per share. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Wow. Well, what? Is, wait, I've heard that name. That's Warren Buffett. Yeah, it's Warren Buffett. Yeah, Warren Buffett. And um, so, so, so that's kind of interesting that price point because yeah. so uh, bit, Bitcoin for bit. You know, a lot of people think about Bitcoin and they say that's going to become the next currency. It's going to really replace you know the dollar and stuff like that. But for it, so right now, Bitcoin trades at like. I don't know, maybe like ten thousand a share or a, a coin or something like that. Some somewhere between yeah, ten yeah, and twenty thousand yeah. coin. Um, but to be able to reach market value to become a, a actual currency, it has to get up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per coin. And you think about it, and you're like, well, that's just astronomical. What's ever going to happen? But you know, then Berkshire Hathaway, it got up to three hundred and five thousand. You know, but but what happens a lot of times is this. once the stock starts getting high they'll do a stock split you know which which is where so say tesla right now say it's 1500 and uh they're worried that like smaller share people won't be able to uh get into it so they'll double the amount of stock available and half the price so my yeah, stock yeah, would double yeah. i'd keep the same amount of money but i i would have technically twice amount of stock and that way people on the lower end would still be able to invest in it. So that just naturally keeps prices down. Uh, that way more people actually are able to invest because once you get into, you know, 10,000 bucks per stock, you really don't have a lot of, a lot of areas that can actually invest um, on a, on a person to person basis. So yeah, you can't judge a stock by its price because it depends on how much supply of that stock there is. Uh, that's also what heavily influences the price. 
So if you had 10 grand, let's say I have 10 grand to invest right now. Should I buy it? Should I buy all Tesla? Because one day they'll be in $100,000 a share. <laughs> well, I, you know, you, you always want to say that you want to diversify, right? Yeah. Uh, but in, in hindsight, I wish I had bought all Tesla true, back 10 true. years ago, you, you know? So you, yeah. know, you never know, but you, but you always want to want to diversify, right? Because well, 10 years ago, you would have wanted Bitcoin, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. So who, you, you never know what the future is going to bring. And so you always want to be able to hedge your risk in some, in, in some way because you, you don't want to become one of those shorts that just lost millions of dollars in one day. You know, what do you, Arthur, what do you use? Um, like, can you, can you just download Robinhood and start investing that way? So you can, I, I don't use Robinhood. I have an actual broker um, that I go, that I, that I use uh, uh, BMO bank is the bro brokerage that, that I use. Um, they've, my family's been working with them. My dad, dad has a relationship with them, so I just naturally went with them because I was luckily able to get some discounts because of the family relationship. Uh, but, and they're, they're really good. But you, yeah, for, for basic starters, you can just get um, Robinhood and start it. But one thing about Robinhood, I, I don't know too much about it, but I think they'll give you quote unquote free money a little bit but you actually end up having to pay it back. So you can, you, you know, uh, they'll say, put in $500 and then, you know, you can get another $500 to invest in. But if you lose all of that, you have to end up paying that back. So some people have actually gotten screwed by that because, you know, they, they end up borrowing 10, 10 grand. It, it, it doesn't sound like it's borrowing, but it actually is borrowing. Um, so, the, the, the Robinhood is great and all. And, and what I like about Robinhood too is you can, uh, in, you can buy partial stocks, you know? So like say you don't have enough money to buy a full Tesla stock, you know, one share, you can buy half a share. And uh, so you're able to more easily invest, but you, just in general, you always want to be investing with your own money, right? Or else you will have, or could have one of those days where you wake up and now your entire life is in shambles because something dropped that you didn't expect to drop so awesome i i am fascinated by it and of course as everyone gets older they're going to be interested in the you know their their wealth after the fact after the working years are over and things like that so um yeah fascinating guys i think i think I think that's what the monks would call shum kashum. You reach a zenith, and everyone's like, "That was swell," but I gotta get great. You're moving. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I have yeah. one short little. I, yep. I have one short little joke. Joke, real quick. So, so sometimes you realize how much you are like your parents. You know. Uh, so I've I've been uh, messing with this hair thing. I've been looking at myself <laughs> in the mirror, and I I see this this one little hair thing. You know, and so I keep messing with it. And uh, my dad was telling me, he, he did, so my brother's a, a violin player, uh, kind of uh, uh, works for Berkeley College of Music, he's a teacher there. And so he was doing a, a Zoom workshop with a bunch of like kind of big violin guys and stuff like that. And uh, they invited my dad to live stream into it. And my dad was sitting there and he had never Zoomed before on it, and he didn't notice how big his double chin was. And so the entire time he was just sitting here, just messing with his turkey chin. 
you know, and, and not realizing that everybody on the whole thing is watching it. So the entire time I've been sitting here messing with my hair, I've been thinking about that. Well, the cowlick, right? Well, yeah, it's, it, it, exactly. It's the cowlick, right? I mean, yeah, get the big lick of the hair. So, but yeah, that's my little, my little story to, to end it off with a little laugh. Oh man, as always, it was a pleasure, Arthur. Thank you for spending your time with Man, man in the Making and um, Rokas and I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I Thank appreciate you, you guys so much. I can't uh, wait, wait until we can talk again. Absolutely, 100%.